Welcome to the Livecast Construction Experience Podcast. I'm Kieran Brennan, co-founder of Livecast.com. Finally, the construction sector has entered its digital transformation, meaning the way we operate our projects and businesses day to day is being disrupted. This podcast is designed to help you in all areas of your business. We do this by bringing in experts across all key areas of a construction business who share their stories, their challenges, wins and losses so others can learn from their experiences. To watch previous episodes, please visit livecast.com or search livecast.com across all popular social platforms. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Livecast Construction Experience. Today, I'm delighted to be zooming down to the Gold Coast, Australia to chat to Brett Campbell. Brett's a serial entrepreneur, having founded two of Australia's fastest growing companies in their respective fields, including the fastest growing fitness franchise at its time exploding to 35 locations within six months. That's not bad. Uh, also responsible for the fastest growing digital growth agency, having won the accolade in 2018 for the best social media agency of the year award for New Australia and New Zealand within their first 12 months of operation and also in 2019 marketing excellence award. Brett's the go-to business expert when it comes to fast and effective business growth, having invested over two million personally into his own paid advertising and now running a lot of millions of dollars, should I say, for um, advertising for his clients in over 30 industries. Uh, Brett is a published author, global speaker, television personality, and Australia's number one mainstream, on Australia's number one mainstream business channel. That's not bad for a young fella, Brett. Welcome to the Live Cost Construction Experience. How are you? Mate, thank you for having me. It's all made up. I just wanted to, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was told at an early age, marketing, you know, you've just got to, if you don't have a good story to tell, make one up and then hopefully enough people believe it. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've done a bit in your short time here, I suppose. But I mean, just to bring it back to give listeners a bit of context to how we mm-hmm. sort of cross paths. I had my own construction company, um, started to realize that branding and marketing actually mattered in business, no matter what business you're in. And started, mm-hmm. I went and engaged myself with the entourage, who, who, who you'll know well, and uh, Jack and um, Morello and Peter Lakovich would be responsible for a lot of the good stuff that happened to that old business uh, that went on to be acquired. Mm-hmm. And we crossed paths because generally when I, when, when I go to a business talk, I generally don't relate to the speakers in a much way. And I don't know whether that's a background thing. I'm just, it's never much of a related thing. But I do remember your story of, you know, you left school at 16, started in the trades, moved through the trades, went into mm-hmm. business, left New Zealand for Australia, which I also left Ireland. And there was something about it, something about it a raw energy about it that, that I sort of connected with. And there was a lot of strategies you shared that day about building online funneling, funnels that I actually adopted into the business at the time, which I went on, which I actually still use today, if I'm, if I'm being honest. So first of all, thanks for that. Give people a little bit of a background. You're currently the co-founder and chief evangelist at Claxon. What mm. is Claxon? What's your day-to-day role within that business? Let me start by asking for my affiliate checks for all the money you've made from the strategies you've implemented. First and foremost, I'm still waiting on those. (laughs) No, but mate, uh, uh, love hearing stories like that. You know, as a self-confessed teacher, and what I mean by that is someone who, whenever I learn something, I want to teach it, right? Regardless of whatever it is. You know, if I solve a Rubik's Cube, I want to go and show people how to do it. Um, I just love teaching, right? So first and foremost, you know, accolades to you for actually taking something that you know was taught and implementing it because that's the biggest problem we have these days you know there's no shortage of information there's so much information right now but there's a massive lack of people who are taking action on that but mate back to your original question you know 
I did. I got kicked out of high school 2000. Oh, well, actually, I don't even know the date now. I was 16 years old anyway, a little while ago. And uh, I became a cabinet maker. So I was an apprentice cabinet maker. So, you know, grew up in that whole apprenticeship model, um, the trade model. I hung around tradies. They were all my mates, um, you know, and, and but I, I always felt different. I always thought different. Um, my first day, I walked into the factory and my boss is standing there and he says, um, he goes, well, here you are, next four years. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what have I signed myself up to, you know? Um, but my thought, first and foremost, was, okay, how do I own this factory? So that, that's where my first, I was like, how do I be the boss? How do I become the boss of this? Um, and I asked him, I said, hey, who's the best person in this factory? Because I thought to be the boss, you've got to be the best. Yeah, that was my that was my thinking back then. But you know, surprise, you actually don't need to be the best to be the boss. You just need to have the biggest balls to go and put your money on the line to be a boss, right? Um, now I know that in hindsight. But back then I thought to be the boss, you gotta be the best. So I was like, who's the best? He goes, Baz is the best. Baz was a guy um who to this day he's still there. I think he's been there for like 30 years. Baz was the best, literally, hands down. But long story short, um I said to the boss, I said, I'm going to go and learn from Baz. He goes, no, no, you're not going to learn from Baz. Um, Baz hates apprentices. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, who am I going to learn from? And I went and learned, you know, the second best was George. And I said, okay, I'll go and learn from George. But what I did every single day was I went up to Baz and said, Baz, you got any jobs? You got any jobs? You got any jobs? He's like, fuck off. Get out of here. If you ask me one more time, I'm going to hit you over there with a hammer. And I'm, you know, but I, I was persistent, right? I was relentless. I was kept going back, going back, going back. So one day Baz actually said to me, he goes, Oi, Brett. And when you're an apprentice, you're a broom technician, right? You're just picking up after all the tradesmen. You're fucking taking all the scraps out into the bin and sweeping the floors. And he yelled out to me one day, he goes, here you go. Here's some drawers. So as a joiner, as a cabinet maker, the first thing, so we were building kitchens essentially was the part of the factory that I started it. And we were building, um, the first thing apprentices would do would just build drawers. And so a square box, basically, you know, put some drawer runners on it. And, um, he goes, there you go. Don't go fuck it up or else this is the last time you're ever going to get do anything from me. And uh, he gave me the, the set of draw or the, the piece of timber on a trolley. I wheeled the trolley over, set up my bench. I was only three months into this, right? And, and apprentices never got on the tools till about six, seven, eight months before they could build stuff. Cause that'd always just be the lackey of the factory. Um, they'd be walking around trying to find left-hand screwdrivers that people told them to go and find <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that sort of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I set up and I'm, I'm away building the drawers. The boss comes out and he goes to me, he goes, what the fuck are you doing on the tools? You know, what are you like? What are you doing? I said, Baz gave me the drawers to make. And he was like, what? Baz, Baz doesn't do that. And he went over, talked to Baz and yep, sure enough, Baz actually gave me the drawers to do. And um, so I finished the drawers. I took them over to Baz um, and he picked up the drawers you know, he's checking, is a square, is a draw bottom overhanging? Do I need to plane it off? Is a draw runner on straight? If I screwed through the side of a drawer, all the stuff you'd check. He's there looking around. He goes, oh, this is actually pretty good. He goes, this is, this is not bad. He goes, how'd you learn how to do this? And I said, you want to know how I learned? And he goes, yeah, of course if I could do this, why I asked you. I'm like, well, fair point. <laughs> Just checking. And uh, I said to him, I said, well, in between sweeping the floors and taking out all the rubbish, what I'd do is I'd sneak one of the um, tradesmen's battery drills and I'd go and sit in the garbage bin and I'd be practicing screwing, drilling straight, screwing straight, 
making boxes square. I was practicing on scrap timber, right? Cause I knew that I'd get an opportunity to do this one day. And I wanted to make sure when I got my opportunity, I wasn't here to fuck around. I was here to, I wanted to be the best. So I had to start acting like the best, even when I was the worst. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I share that for you as probably a little bit longer um, answer to your initial question, but I share that because that's the foundation of how I do everything. Right? That's how I do life, right? Which leads into now your question of what's Klaxon, right? So why Klaxon and what do we do? You know, my inception at that moment was that's when I realized I was an entrepreneur, right? I, I wasn't going to be an employee of a business, right? I could be a good employee, but the problem is, is I'd only last so long until I wanted to be the owner of the business, that's just how I'm bred, right? That's just how I'm wired. Some people are, there'll be people listening going, yeah, that's me. Fuck that. I don't want to. And it's not because I don't like taking orders from someone. Just a lot of the time, I think their orders are fucking worse than orders that I'd give. Right. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's just inbuilt into me. Let me and I had the you. option. Let me, let me stop you there. Cause there's something really interesting you're touching on. It's something myself and my, my brother is also part of this business and I was yep. going, going through the trades, builder, the whole, whole shit. And we laugh all the time at, when we hear a lot in this game, which is technology, oh, what a tough day, you know? And there's something that's been bred in us because we, same yourselves, start pushing wheelbarrows, filling skips at 15, 16, and mm. that's tough, right? So when we have a bad day here, there's a, when's that, and that's a good thing that we've taken from that is to say, it's not that bad, lads, you know, it's, it's not that bad. We could be filling skips, we could be up and out in the rain, we could be doing a lot worse than what we're doing. What takings have you taken from your time in the trade you sort of mm. can still think about today and still use today to your advantage. Mate, the, the one thing I love about being a cabinet maker, right, was it taught me to have attention to detail, right? So on one side of my brain, I'm the most creative person, right? Like out there, I've got a billion and five ideas. But on the other side of the brain, I'm, I, I've taught myself to be more methodical, more intentional, Cabinet makers work within the millimeter, right? So to this day, I can walk into anyone's house and I can see if their door is three mils at the top or two mils at the bottom. Like most people will be like, what are you even looking at? But I can see it. So I've taught, I taught myself. So I learned some, and, and those were things that um, don't come naturally to me, right? So it, it taught me the ability to be able to be fine right? Looking at things in a lot more detail, but also attaching that to my crazy visionary mind, my ADHD overdrive brain to be able to come along the ride with me. Right? That, that was a huge thing. The other, the other big lesson that I think I took um, from being an apprentice and I, and I only can draw from that now was that some things do take time. However, just because something is done in a specific way, it doesn't mean it has to be done that way, right? And let me explain that because I think that this is another big thing and I think a huge opportunity if, if more people started adopting this philosophy in life. So I was making drawers in month three. No other apprentice would generally pick up their tools till six, seven, eight months, right? Now, it doesn't mean I was better. I was prepared. I was ready, right? So I created the opportunity for myself. Most people would have stopped asking Baz after day five, 
I literally asked him every fucking day until he ended up saying yes, right? Now, what happened was by 12 months, I was building kitchens. So I would literally, and this was back in the day before CNC routers, right? This is where I was given a picture, an A4 piece of paper from my boss with a block drawing and going, the, cat, the pantry's in the corner. Here's where the dishwasher is. Here's the, the revolving um, drawers and da-da-da-da-da. We're going to do this. Now you go and draw it up, mark it out on a floor with a pen, right? Create your own cutting list. Go and cut it. Go and plane each side of the, the cabinetry. Then go and stick on the sticker tape and plane that down. And so it was very, very manual, right? But my point there was I was building kitchens at 12 months, right? Apprentices weren't building kitchens till like two years, even a little bit longer in, in, in the life cycle. So I got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm building kitchens faster than everyone in the factory other than Baz at a higher level than everyone in the factory other than Baz, because he legitimately was the best. And I'm getting paid probably the least in this entire factory. I was like, this just fucking doesn't make sense. You know, and I'd try and reconcile this and I'd be talking to my parents and they're like, oh, but that's what apprenticeships are and this is how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, but it just doesn't feel right. I, I can't reconcile that that's fair. I understand there's apprenticeships. I understand it. But if I'm doing a job faster, and more efficient and a better outcome than another person. They're getting paid like back then, I think I was on like $7 an hour building kitchens, right? Some of the tradesmen getting double plus than me. It just didn't make sense. So yeah, I, I, long story I, I, short. I fully agree what? with you because there is, there is, <laughs> there is a, there's, there's something within the industry that we, we you know, especially when, when, when you get on to, to bigger scale jobs, we've got to have unions. We've got to have unions. And I came from small business world whereby the, you got rewarded based on your ability and based on your yep. hard work ethic. And when you get onto these big sites, and I remember we were in Perth, Australia, we picked up a position on a big site, oh. and I was told everybody's on the same rate of pay because that's what the union said. Like, yep. Bullshit, that it's, is. It's, like, it's, it, 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 we're all equal. Yeah. Yep. So there was, there was obviously something in you then, Brett, that something that said that cabinet making wouldn't be for you. Did you figure that out early? Or was it like, was it a case of you, you have to finish what you set out to do? And at what point then did you decide that well, it, was, it was time to well, move? Here's, here's the thing, right? So four, the apprenticeship was four years. I went into the boss's office about two and a half years. I said, you got to pay me what a tradesman's being paid or I'm out of here. And they said, get the fuck back in the factory. You're not getting paid anymore. And I said, okay, I'll prove it to you guys. And I just went back into the office and said, I'm not coming back in on Monday. I'm leaving. I'm quitting. And then I went back out of the office and they came back about two hours later saying, okay, here we, here's what we're going to do. We gave you a pay rise, equal pay to one of the trade or to the tradesman level. Um, and they signed me off on my apprenticeship at year three. I didn't have to do four years. I did three years, right? And then they gave me an opportunity to head up a new department with inside the business, right? So what that did was that was a big enough carrot to keep me there, okay? Now, my point that I, was, that I want to make with that is that just because something is the way it is right now, it doesn't mean it's the way it should be or does need to be moving forward, right? So you can always create your own path, right? So for me, though, your question there um, was, did I know that it wasn't for me, mate. I knew from day one, it wasn't for me. I knew when I got kicked out of high school that, you know, I, I knew building, doing a trade was not going to be the thing for me. I was good at it. I liked it. I was good at woodwork at school. So I was good at three things, right? Woodwork, physical education. So PE and lunch. I wasn't going to get paid to eat. 
I'd already tried the woodwork. So what I did was I was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to university. I'm going to study to be a, a um, fitness trainer and maybe go and train one of the sports teams. Right. Um, I went to uni for a year, realized it was the biggest fucking waste of time. The best thing I got from it though, was I was sort of, let's call it an adult student. You know, I was 24 going in and you know, everyone's 18. I was like, whew, I had a bit of money. It was a good year, but I, did, you know, it was, it was basically a gap year for me. Right. But I realized at that point, I was like, I've got three more years of my university degree. There's no way I'm going to do what I did with my apprenticeship, which was stay there for, you know, four years too long, basically five years too long. So I just packed up my uh, suitcase and my golf clubs and I moved from New Zealand, which is where I grew up, moved from New Zealand to surface paradise in the Gold Coast. I said, here you go, Brett, start your new life, mate. Um, I was bouncing at a nightclub and then I, uh, I became a fitness professional. Um, so I was a PT, which is really good to get to know people over here. Um, built a fitness company, uncovered what marketing was, um, realized that marketing is the lifeblood for any successful business or company. Let me stop you there because that's really important because you've major, major, major name on how good of a marketer you are. Um, and you sort of talk about it there as if you just fell into it. Was that the case or did you realize, now I've got to study this, this is going to be a critical part of my fitness world, I've got to go and learn this, or did you actually stumble into it and it just became learning by doing? Mate, marketing to me, before I knew what it was, was just a word. I was like, oh, yeah, marketing and advertising. You know, that's what Coca-Cola did and that's what McDonald's did. They marketed and advertised. I had no idea what it even was. How I stumbled into it was literally, I was, I was training clients. So at the time, I was just a personal trainer trading time for money. So I had to still turn up to personally train people. In saying that, I was earning like three times more than I was as a cabinet maker. So I thought that was pretty cool right now. You know, young, single bloke living in, on the Gold Coast. I was like, I got cash to burn. But it still wasn't enough for me. I was like, this, just, this isn't who I'm supposed to be or what, what I'm put on this planet for. Um, and one day I was walking out to go train my clients. And I walked past my roommate's computer and she had a PDF document open. I was like, what's that? She goes, oh, I just bought it. It's a workout program. I was like, holy shit. I said, where'd you buy that? Because oh, the person's from Canada. I'm like, oh, you can. This was the moment of you can make money while you sleep. I was like, holy shit. So I was like, okay, I've got to figure out how to do this. And that's where I stumbled into marketing because I realized in order to sell something, you need to know how to sell something. And it's not sales, it's marketing, right? Because it was, this, was this was delivered digitally online. No one got to see me. There where wasn't you, the Facebook Lives or anything like there is now. Where do you start with that? I mean, let's, let's say we've got a company out there that you know, they're doing something that they probably don't enjoy. Yep. And now they decide, yeah, I like this idea, especially the, the opportunities that online gives us. I want to learn of the market. Where do you start? Yeah. So how I did it at the start was I had to learn what a PDF was. That's how fresh I was, right? I was like, what the fuck's this PDF? I was like, isn't it a word doc? Oh, you convert it into one. I'm like, oh my God, I got so much to learn, right? So here's, here's the easy answer. If you do want to change and you want to adopt online, here are your options, okay? And I'm saying this because I have this conversation now, back to your original question, I'll close the loop on like, what do I do now in the business? I basically spend my entire weeks, months talking to business owners, whether it's on a podcast, whether I'm doing a live training, whether it's an event, whether they're in our office or you know, they're, they're looking to get started in this place. It's all about thinking like a business owner, right? 
if you're and thinking sorry like how a business owner should think but also if you're you're that entrepreneurial style thinker okay so what i mean by that is i learned marketing at the very early stages because i had no one there to teach me and i had no one there to do it for me because it was it was so new it was still so fresh now we're we're living in an era where as a business owner like i said 95% of my time is spent convincing business owners that they should not learn marketing because what's going to happen is you're going to have to go do an apprenticeship in marketing and you don't have three, four years. I've been studying marketing for 13 years and I still don't know anything. Right. And what I mean by that is the more you, the more you know about a topic, the more you uncover that you don't know. Cause what marketing did to me was it took me down a very deep rabbit hole of psychology and influence and persuasion, you know, really uncovering why humans do what they do and it's it's got nothing to do with an advertisement right so you can you can go to levels super deep what i do as an entrepreneur and i'd be doing if i was any of your listeners and like they're like i want to break into this online space i'm going to start with the easiest thing that you could do right the easiest thing you could do right now the path of least resistance hire a company who knows what they're doing okay that's one let's put that to the side for a minute okay so let's say that's not an option you want to do, right? But if you are a business owner, you're going to do it, right? There's a reason why trades, tradesmen no longer do everything. You know, back in the day, building, building houses and so forth, the tradesmen did everything, right? They were everyone, right? Now there's individual trades in every area. There's a reason why you get the sparkies and there's a reason why you get the plumbers in because they know what they're fucking doing and you're better off not doing it. Same thing when it comes to, and I use this metaphor on a construction company the other day, actually, is you need to be the project manager of your own business. Stop thinking that you need to do social media. You do. You don't. Now, there is a potential level of responsibility that you should know enough about it to make specific decisions, right? But you need to project manage your business. And you need to find the right people who can do these things for you, right? That's just standard business practice. But I understand as well because marketing for some bloody reason, even though marketing is decades old, right? It's been around forever. And the art of it has been around forever. It's still such a fresh industry when it comes to entrepreneurs and business owners wanting to build their business. They're happy to hand their social media or their advertising off to Sally, who's the admin, because she's got an extra six hours a week worth of work. And you're like, Pack, she can do our social media. She's got a social media account. That's yeah. not what you're supposed to be doing. Sally's yeah. done zero when it comes to marketing, right? She's not an expert at it. You need to find an expert. You're not going to go walk down the street and go, hey, mate, um, do you want to come and wire up this house or wire up this building? We've just, you know, we're about to um, put together. Do you think that no, that's, they got no idea. Do you think that's a case of looking at social and online and as a, as a whole and saying we've got to do this, we should do this because people, everyone else does it, so we should do it, rather than looking at it as an ROI exercise and saying, well, if oh. we put X in, we will get Y out, and maybe companies don't look at that in the same strategy or the same focus as they do look at the projects, which is their sort of natural world. Well, here's here's how I've been able to reconcile that. Okay, so. If you got an email tomorrow morning and it was a letter from a lawyer and they're basically suing you, you'd done something and you're like, oh shit, you could lose your business. Would you reply to that with your feedback? 
Would you reply to that email with your feedback and you'll reply and go, oh, I vehemently disagree with this, blah, 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 clause, whatever I can think of. No, you're not because you're going to call your lawyer. If it comes tax year, which, you know, it just popped over here in Australia. I'm not sure what the tax, I don't even think you guys pay tax in Ireland, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's not go there. But <laughs> you've got accountants, right? You're not going to sit there and try and come up with what do you put in the W-2 wages and salaries field and you're zero reconciling your BAS returns, right? You're not going to do that because you've got an accountant for it. So tell me why. And I'm yet to be able to see anyone's reasoning that can reconcile this for me. Tell me why you're sitting there trying to do your own marketing. I fucking just don't understand it, but I, I do understand it. But I, the more and more I have these conversations and light bulbs for business owners go off is we need to start thinking like business owners and not a slave to our business. Like you're the hat of every single role within the business. Yeah. There seems, there definitely seems to be a thought out there that it's something that you can pick up. It's something that you can learn. And I think when you go and engage, I mean, we'll just bring it right back to the entourage would have opened up my eyes a lot. When you, you stand up on a stage with someone, when people like yourself, when you, like we got to have, I think it was a half a day of you going through these strategies. And I would have been guilty of this. I would have said, marketing, sure, I'll just I'll buy a CRM. Yep. I'll run Google ads, I'll run Facebook ads. How difficult can <laughs> it be? Until yep. you get to sit in a room with someone say like yourself and then bringing that through with someone like Peter Lackovich who brings that all into his sales world. And then you open your eyes and say, oh shit, I know nothing yep. about this world whatsoever. I fully yep. get that. Give me some tips then. Let's, let's bring, it, bring it to a practical place. Some top tips to how a construction company could grow their online presence. If they wanted to start it out today, just what top tips would you have for a construction company to grow their presence yep. online? So, I mean when it comes to construction company that the advice that I'm about to throw out here is very subjective and very 30,000 foot view. Okay. Cause it depends. We, we could have five different construction companies come into here and we would devise a totally different strategy for them because one brand is important, right? Brand and, and how you're seen and how you're perceived in an industry is absolutely important. Okay. Um, what you want people to know, think, and feel about your business, your brand. That's, that's very important. It's a starting point, right? Most people don't even worry about that. They don't care. They've got their um, nephew to build a website because he knows how to build a website because he tinkered with one on Saturday night one night. And now he's a fucking website expert, right? Um, so, and, and I don't want to come across facetious here, but it's, it's the unfortunate reality is that we're cheapskating ourselves, Right. We're cheapskating ourselves on trying to find the path of least resistance, knowing that it's probably not going to be a sustainable one. I'm all for finding the path of least resistance, but we need to make sure it's a smart and intentional decision. But let me digress slightly. What can a construction company do to help build its online presence? One is to be able to showcase who they are or who the bloody hell are you? First and foremost, right? Like what's your company? What do you stand for? Um, then you want to go, well, do we know that you know what you're doing? So how are you going to do that? Well, showcase proof, right? Showcase jobs, showcase testimonials, feedback, go to the extra mile, video record your um, customers, giving you a, a testimonial, a case study, and not just going, I used XYZ builders and I thought they were amazing. You know, hire a company who can help tell that story. Right. We just, we just created a testimonial a case study here um, for one of our clients 
And I literally watched it and I had a tear in my eyes. I like, holy fuck, that that was amazing. And I was I went to the client themselves and actually interviewed them. So I knew what was going to be sort of said. But the way we put it together was like, oh, I want to do business with my business. <laughs> right? So so the way in which you can share and and showcase that you are the obvious best choice. Like, why would I use your construction company over old mates down the road? I'm like, why am I going to go of you? And it ain't just price, right? It ain't, unless you're going to be the Walmart and that's your business model is like, we are the lowest cost. You're never going to beat us, right? Your, your houses might leak, but we, we're the lowest cost, right? Um, so you need to, one, who are you? Showcase that on social, you know, and look, there's no exact formula like you should do one piece of content a day on this platform and one piece of content on that you really do need to sit down and go okay where does this business go in the next three years and if you want to become like the biggest player in your marketplace you need to start thinking like the biggest player in your marketplace and start making decisions like the biggest player in your marketplace right the amount of times i talk with businesses and they want to like quadruple their revenue and i'm like cool that's that's amazing how are you going to change the way in which you're thinking? Because the way in which you're thinking right now is going to massively change if you want to be a 10 million, 50 million, 100 million, 500 million dollar business, right? The way our, we, we work with one of the largest home builders here in Australia, right? Hundreds of millions a year in revenue. And the way that company looks and the way they make decisions is completely different to someone who's a construction company doing maybe two, three, four, five million dollars a year. Now I'm not saying you're going to come out of the gates and start making through, you know, $700 million a year decisions. But what we did here at Claxon was from day one, we wanted to be the number one digital growth agency globally. Okay. And in order to do that, you need to go, what does the number one look like or what would it look like? Right what would people need to be saying about it? What sort of, sort of results would we need to be putting out there into the marketplace if we were the number one? And then you need to make as many decisions as you can in alignment with that. So for example, we're not going to cheapskate out on the, the $40 a month software when we know the $300 a month software is going to be the best thing for us. We're going to make the investment. Right, so it's really changing the way in which you look at your business is going to change everything you do on marketing hands down. There's a lot of the strategy stuff that you're throwing out here that's bringing me back to your personal development world. And it's mm -hmm. since sitting there and having a chat with you, it's starting to really sort of resonate how aligned they are. Um, talk to me about the book right now. Why not you mm -hmm. and why not now? What was the idea behind that? Where did it, the title's brilliant. Um, where did it come mm. from and why the book? Mate, the, the book was literally prior to starting the agency. I was in that sort of coaching consulting world as well. So, you know, I'd, I'd build our fitness company. It was still, it was in a position where I didn't really need to be a part of it. Um, and I love teaching right back to my, my initial out, um, burst was I like to teach people things. People were asking me, how are you doing it? How are you doing? I was like, Oh, let me teach you. Let me, let me coach you through this. Um, and long story short, because there is a long story um, to it, but something at one of one of my best friends, she she passed away in front of me. She had cancer, and and um, she passed away, and and I was I flew over to New Zealand to the funeral. Um, well, actually, I I flew over there um, 
I should have just told the story because now I'm trying to fucking tell the story in bits and pieces. But long, <laughs> I'm also aware that this story takes about eight and a half minutes to tell because um, I've told it many times, right? Um, but I flew over there for a holiday just to go and see her. The day I arrived, within three hours of me being at the house, she passed away in front of me, right? So it was, it was quite a like a oh, moment because I was going over there because she was getting better, not worse. Um, and I was sitting on the plane on the way home and I just burst into tears. I was like, what the fuck? And it was because when I was over there, all my friends were like, man, you're killing it. You're doing so well. You know, you've created a business. You're making some money. Life looks great. Yeah. And it looked great on social media and look, don't get me wrong. I was, I was having a great life, but I realized that I wasn't living to my potential. And my friend who I grew up with died and she's never going to be able to live to her potential anymore. Like to what I knew she was capable of. And I was like, fuck, what if that was me? Like, what if I was to die in 12 months, 24 months? Like I'm taking, and this is where I, I feel I'm very capable in saying that we're cheapskating ourselves, right? And I'll back that 100% cause I was cheapskating myself for a long time. What, what looked as, what looked successful to many people to me I didn't I knew it wasn't I was like yeah I'm doing good I'm getting some great I'm, we're achieving amazing things you know we're able to help hundreds of thousands of women around the world globally through you know through our health and fitness products and services which was great and most people go why why wouldn't you just be happy with that well I was happy with that but I also you can't deny a feeling that you have when you know internally that I just was not playing my A game. I was playing, in my view, I was playing a good B game. I had A++ material left in me. So it was that sort of awakening where I was like, fuck, man, you need, it. You need to play a bigger game. And that was the, the spawning of, of the book and, and the company Unleash Your Greatness. But the concept of right now, why not you and why not now? That was a question I asked myself. Mm-hmm. I was on the plane and I was like, all right, so what are you going to do? And then I'm like, when are you going to do it? I'd imagine there's a big sort of deep look, look in, 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 inside yourself. What, when you start to you know, think about how you're going to, what you're going to write, what was the big learning you take away from that experience? From the writing of the book? Yeah, from the writing of the book. Um, that it's got nothing to do with writing of the book. The book took me two weeks to write. I fucking smashed it out. But what it was was... It was the journey you go on. I recommend every single person, whether you publish it or not, just the exercise alone, right? And the book itself was, it's part story, but very, um, very framework driven. So I'm a very practical person. You know, I like to be able to make sure people can take something and then go and implement it. So I've got an entire framework of, you know, it's, it's the four days discover. So discover where you are. Um, discover what's important to you in life and, and there's frameworks and exercises that people can go through to really open that up. Cause I feel that's the biggest missing link, right? Is how do I actually find out what I want to do in my life? Um, and then design. So design the life that you want to live um, in all areas, you know, so from a physical perspective, from a um, financial perspective, you know, emotionally, um, familial, et cetera, uh, and then develop, which is the third phase is what skills do you need to develop? How do you develop that to become the person that you need to become to live the life that you've designed, right? Uh, and then deliver. So delivers the last phase, which is, okay, now how do I take action? 
how do I reconcile this? How do I consistently make sure that I'm moving forward? So discover, design, develop, deliver, quite an easy framework. Um, but the point that I share there is I think everyone should write a book, try and create something in their own mind and write it. Cause the, the journey it took me on was life changing within itself. Right now, the beautiful thing is the book's gone on to help tens of thousands of people and, and it's helped change their life, but it changed my life even more by just writing it. And this goes back to self-reflection, which is the mi biggest missing issue that we have on this planet right now. People aren't fucking stopping to reflect on how they acted today. I've got a post right now on Facebook. I actually just shared a post, right? I didn't even write this bloody thing. I shared someone's post and it's got fucking over a hundred comments already in the last couple of hours of people firing off and giving their opinions and all that shit. Right. But I'm like, cool. Everyone's got an opinion, but can we just have some civilized discourse and try and find out an alternate narrative, right? Instead of having to be right. Um, and that's why people are so unhappy in their fucking lives because they're not stopping. They're not reflecting. They're not checking in. They're not being true to who they are. They're stuck in, and if we tie this back into, I, I have a way of turning podcasts and presentations into something that they, uh, you know, was not the initial intention. You know, when you're now, when I go and talk about, someone wants me to talk about marketing or Facebook advertising, I have them leaving going, oh my God, I need to change my whole business model, right? But that that's what I think most people, you know, need, right? So I, I know from a construction perspective, you know, your listeners who are, who are tuning into this, it's the, there'll be some of them right now going, fuck, I don't even want to be in this construction business. Or I just want to remove myself from this construction business so fast, but I'm scared or I don't, don't know what to do. The reality is you need, the first step is just make the decision and then the rest is easy. You'll figure it out. You'll, there's a thing called Google. There's no way you cannot figure out anything, right? There's no way you can't figure out. There's something to help you. There's someone out there. There's a Facebook group of people who are going through exactly what you're going through. You just need to want it enough to want to go and take the step to make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brad, uh, it sounds like you had a, I suppose a positive experience doing the book. Is it something you do again? Is it something you're starting to document stuff now going forward? Mate, I'm, I, I'm start, I've started the, the rough draft. This will be a little bit of a bigger one. Cause this is just distilling my thoughts over the last few years of, I feel right now the biggest, epidemic that's happening for entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs is my crew right when i say my crew that's who i know i can relate to the most right um and i think right now well not i think i know for certain that there are so many entrepreneurs and there's different levels of entrepreneurs too um, i mean that's an entire different discussion um like i'm on the north star i'm on the very north richter scale I'm an, I'm an identified entrepreneur that should not be running his business. Okay. That's how entrepreneurial I am. And the fact that I can identify that is highlighting the point that entrepreneurs need to be able to identify where they fucking sit in the spectrum first and foremost, and then know how to actually operate within it. Cause there's too many business owners, entrepreneurs that have got themselves um, a fucking stressful job right? They're doing everything. They're trying to do everything. They're not thinking about it properly. They're not thinking through. So over the next 12 months, my goal is to bridge the gap and turn more business owners into the entrepreneur that they are and they, they want to be by providing frameworks and, and tools and ways of thinking 
in order to make that the reality. You know, I've, I've got it down to a point where in a 15 minute sort of conversation with someone, I can, I can have them thinking quite differently about what they're doing and why they're doing it to the point where they're like, okay, now I know I need to pull the trigger. And I can only talk about it at that level is because I know it so deeply because I've actually gone through it a couple of times myself. Yeah, interesting. Is, is that something you'd ever consider creating? Like it, not, it sounds something that could be course-based as well rather, rather than just through, through the book. I, anyone would think I've uh, prompted you to say that. So I'm <laughs> I literally four hours before this podcast, I've literally started mapping out the, the course outline. So it, I am going to do a course and I'm glad you said that because it's clearly resonating. I haven't put it out to market yet or haven't done any research around do people actually want this? I know it's needed, but just because something's needed doesn't mean it's wanted, right? That's one thing you learn in marketing or in business in itself. Um, so it's about... For me, it'll be, the test will be, how do I take this topic that I know if someone listens to me talk about it and they're open to hearing it, it can change their way of living and their life and their business. How will I then position that, right, to get them to actually want to start listening? Interesting. Oh, interesting. We will definitely keep, keep our eyes open for that. Brett, you've been... Very generous with your time. Let's, let's wrap this up. Where can people learn more about you and Claxon? Mate, you can go to uh, brettcampbell.com.au. So B-R-E-T-T, Camp Bell. I wish I was given an easier name than an, like Sam or yeah. <laughs> Sam come here. Bell. <laughs> come live in Ireland. We've got some crackers. Oh, you, you do. You've got, you got some doozies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, brickcampbell.com.au or you can check out Claxon at Claxon with a C, L-A-X-O-N dot agency. So there's no dot com either. So Claxon dot agency on that one. Brilliant. We wish you all the best and other businesses thriving. I know the UK stuff is, is, is on the horizon. So we would have a strong Irish UK based um, listener base as well. So, you know, reach out to Brett and Claxon for uh, any digital marketing or strategies or personal development now that we're learning through the back end of the episode as well. So Brett, listen, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, mate. Love, love seeing what you guys are doing and um, yeah, drop, drop me a line, jump into the DMs. Say you've just listened to this episode. Let us both know. It's always nice to, to know who's listening. And if you've gotten any value, let us know. And if you thought it was shit, you know, just um, don't let me know about it. Cause I'd, <laughs> I'd be pretty upset if you think no. Let, let us know regardless. Appreciate it, man. Cheers, Brett.